Heavenly Father, we come before you this day and we come in Jesus' name. We pray, God, if it be your will, that you would answer and provide supplication, God, to these needs that have been mentioned. Lord, we've only heard of a few of the needs, but every one of us in here have needs. I would pray, God, if it be your will, may we receive your strength and your grace in everything that's said and done here tonight. Lord, I know this world outside desires to eat us up and chew us and devour us. But, Lord, I'm thankful that we can find peace and solace in you. I would pray, God, that you would touch and bless and meet the needs of each and every one in this place tonight. Anyone that should hear this voice, this message, this understanding tonight, God, Father, will you speak to them? And Father God, would you just lead us and guide us and hide us behind the cross? Lord, until the day that you call us each home, may you allow us to do your work and your will so that you may be praised. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you open with me tonight to the book of Isaiah? The Old Testament book of Isaiah will be in chapter number 44 tonight. Isaiah 44. We'll be beginning in uh, just a moment, but I want to share something before if I could. Every one of us, every day, including this day of our life, have had opportunities to bless God. We've had opportunities to share the Lord God with others. It's not always the word that's preached that speaks. It's not always the songs that have been sung that speak. But many times, it's how others may perceive the God that we serve. In fact, I hear many times in the same day, many in most days, about how they feel, people feel, and have understanding that it seems like God has distanced himself from them. Well, what I want to share with you tonight is a message that God's put on my heart some several months back, but I have prayed and I have sought God to show and share with me when the day would be that I should share this message. And today, I really believe, according to the will of God, today is the day. I appreciate your reverence tonight. I appreciate your prayer tonight. Surely, this is not a message that will be very popular when you leave here. I don't apologize for it because I believe it's of God. But I do let you know this in advance. I pray that both you and I tonight will leave changed. And I would pray it through the will and the grace of God that tonight we're here. Isaiah 44, beginning in verse number 6, is where I'll begin. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who, as I shall call, and shall declare it, and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people, and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. Verse 8, Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time, and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit, and they are their own witnesses. They see not, nor know, that they may be ashamed 
verse 10, who hath formed of God or a molten, a graven image that is profitable for nothing. Verse 11, behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed and the workmen, they are of men. Let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up, yet they shall fear and they shall be ashamed together. May God bless tonight the reading of his word. Spent some time a few months ago looking through my earthly possessions. And I say mine because I don't have any business looking in yours. But the inventory of my earthly possessions are vast. What I mean by that is I have hardly no money in the bank. I drive an old or model used car. I have clean clothes on my back. I have many, many people whom I call my friend. And as I went through and as I sought and asked God, how would He reveal to me how blessed I am? God showed me many things. And I knew then that these graven images affected my life as they do yours. I opened a few boxes and I looked inside. These boxes were marked things. When I looked inside that box of things, I found some things that I had not seen in many years. As I reached in that box and opened that box of these little things, I stopped and thought, well, why did I ever desire to have possession of these? And as I looked a little deeper in the box, I found some other things that I saw that once I really enjoyed having in my hands and enjoyed having possession of. But you see, at some point in my life, these things that were put in this box, marked things, became that of little significance to me. After going through several boxes, all marked in various ways, I noticed that many, if not most, of these things that I had in my possession were things that meant really nothing at all to me anymore in this world. Immediately I found myself on my knees praying and asking God, Lord, why did I ever have possession of these things? Lord, how were these things at some point in my life important to me? And as I looked box after box, as I opened the boxes and tore away the wrapping tape, all I found was more and more and more of these things. These verses that I've just read tonight in your hearing speak about God giving a strong and anointed testimony about the things that are not God. There are some of you in this place tonight that some of these things that I have described, that I have possession of, you may have possession of even more. Some of you may have a possession of even less than the many boxes of things that I have packed away. But the important part that I believe this Scripture would have us to understand is whether or not those things are important to us anymore. I remember opening a box, and on top of it was marked Bibles. And I looked through, and I found 11 Bibles in that one box. The box was taped. The Bibles were neatly stacked in there with the binders up so I could read the version, the translation, and could understand what type of Bible it was 
And sure, when I opened up that box, the first thing I did was smile. Because every one of those Bibles, even though they were worn and the covers were almost torn off of them, they at one point in my life were my special friends. They were something that I went to at the hospital to have prayer with people. They were things that I carried with me. These Bibles I speak of that I have packed away. That at some point I went and maybe laid them at the foot of a sick bed of someone that was in the last throes, in the last breaths of lives. But as I picked up and pulled each one of those 11 Bibles from that box, it's one thing that I noticed clearly, and God showed me so clearly, is that everyone I touched was the infallible Word of a righteous God. The infallible Word of a righteous God. You see, even though the covers were torn and worn and some of them didn't even have covers on them any longer, they were just pages loose that had been pulled out, had separated from the binder. I could still turn inside of each one and I could still read and could still clearly see and and understand the Word of God. I share with you tonight this box of things, these boxes of things that I went through this particular day or this morning early. Every one of you, I think, also probably has your own boxes of things. But what I really want to focus on tonight is not as much the things that we keep in boxes, but rather where we keep God. Where we keep God. I remember some weeks after the passing of my father, going through and carrying his car to the car wash to have it washed and vacuumed out because it had been sitting for several weeks. I pulled the rear seat back and there in the pocket in the back of the rear seat was my dad's Bible. Pages were all stuck together. That Bible I speak of is the very Bible I hold tonight in my hand. One thing I noticed as I pulled that Bible from that pocket in my dad's car was that it had been some time since that Bible had even been opened and it had been wet and it had mildew and it had mold on it. It had been in a car that had been closed up and not driven in months and months since my dad had passed. It wasn't much more than about a week and a half later after finding the Bible, I spent several hours cleaning the Bible, going through the pages and separating it page by page. And as I separated the pages, I found underneath a very usable copy of God's Word. I've seen so many times in the parking lot at some churches, many churches, Bibles get brought out from the back of people's automobiles or brought off the dashes. Been sitting there all week. Nobody's picked them up. I'm sure with as many copies of God's Word as there is in the world, every one of us have dozens of copies at some place or another. And we're so blessed by God that we can have a copy and just leave it in our car. And we can have a copy we can leave in our study and We may have a copy that we leave by our bedroom nightstand. And yeah, in many churches, there's also a pulpit Bible that never leaves the pulpit and is there all week except for Sunday service. What I'm leading to is this, beloved. The Word of God will never change. The only changes that goes on in today's modern world is what we do with ourselves and with our lives. 
These words that I've just read to you tonight. Thus saith the Lord, King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and besides me there is no God. But you see, modern man can dispute that and does dispute that every day. We care so much for God that we don't allow His laws to govern our land. We care so much these days for God that we would allow His Word to remain in our car or our trunk or on a nightstand somewhere. And even though we may be running to the grocery store to pick up a dozen eggs and a, and a two-liter of Pepsi, we never think of what the Word of God is as it hits home. Now, not for a moment would I want to preach legalism. There's no place for it in God's world, in the kingdom of God. But there is one thing tonight I want you to understand and glean from this message is there is but one God. Tonight He lives in heaven. And there is but one Son, Jesus Christ. And tonight He sits at the right hand of the Father. And He makes intercession for you and for me. There's not a one of us in here tonight that has a need that is any greater than the others in this place. There's not a person that may hear this message tonight that has a need that is any greater than the one who speaks it, as in myself. You see, beloved, every one of us, every day of our life, we make conscious decisions on whether or not we'll decide whether or not we'll place God first and if there are any other gods in our life besides the one and only true living God, Jehovah God. I've met people before, I think many, many years when my eyes were probably first opened, about how people showed one side of themselves, but yet the side of God within them was hardly ever be able to be seen. Went to a concert. It was a Christian concert. It was a Christian quartet had sung, and when it was over with, I enjoyed the music. I was blessed and moved by the music. But the whole time, as I listened to that music, my head was down and I was praying and I was asking God to allow those lyrics to minister to my soul. And when the concert was over and it was time for us to stand up and leave, I raised my head for about the first time for the two hours that they sang. And I want you to know when I stood up, I was so blessed I could hardly stand. Because during that service, those songs that were sung by that quartet, I was blessed so much, not because I saw their actions on stage, not because of I saw how they acted or their antics on the stage, but I was blessed because I was seeking God without ceasing for God to allow that music to speak to me and to speak to my heart. Every time before we go into a worship service, with today, tonight being no exceptions. If any of you, if myself, have not taken the time to fervently pray and to ask God for Him to bring forth a message unto each of us that we need, each one individually in our lives and our hearts, I want you to know you stand and I stand tonight before God in sin as not doing what God's called us to do. Someone runs out of the car, runs out of the church, runs into the building and runs down and finds a pew to sit in and sits there and waits out of breath. The service is over. Somebody will come up to another one and say, I've never heard him preach just like that. 
I've never heard the choir sound so beautiful, have you? And just to hear that man that came in late say, well, I missed all the music and I heard the last part of his service. I'm sure it was good. Beloved, I think so many times that's an example of the way we live our lives in worship services this day and time. I want you to remember something I told you a few minutes ago. I told you this would be one of the most unpopular messages that you may ever hear preached. I'll tell you that, and I make no apology for it, because every one of us in this place tonight are guilty of exactly what I've said, and I surely stand in front of the line. Whether or not we decide whether or not we're going to worship God It's not a decision that takes place when the choir comes out to sing. It's not a decision that is made when the pastor comes out and opens his Bible. Beloved, that decision is made in your heart the day that you come and decide to come that evening or that morning and worship God. has nothing to do with the hour of the day. has nothing to do with the translation of God's Word. has nothing to do with the choir leader. has nothing to do with the preacher. It has to be and only with the Word of the living God. But yet so many times we watch and we wait and wonder, when is God going to speak to me? I hear others that say, I've enjoyed this or I like to hear that or I like to hear him or her preach or I like to hear him or her play or I like to hear that special music. At the same time, are you coming there for the blessing of the people or are you coming there to worship God is what I ask you. This past Sunday morning, I rose early like I do almost every day. And my day begins in prayer. And you know it has to because I need all I can get. I'm being honest with you. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I asked God, Father God, show me what You would have me to do today. Lord, allow me to solidify the messages that I need to preach today. And as I sat on my knees, I waited and I prayed and I waited to hear from God. And the Lord showed me, beloved, so clearly and so profoundly that no matter what you say or whatever you preach, whatever you share, or whatever sung, it has no meaning and it has no purpose. And there will never be revival unless it's already begun in the heart of at least one that has come into the building to worship. There was some years back, probably now 15 I would imagine, that I was asked to speak in a revival down in Sarasota, Florida. I knew that it was completely impossible unless God chose it to happen for me to be there and work also. There were so many things going on at work during that time that I just uh I just I just didn't see how it could work out. So I shared with the pastor that had invited me that I didn't know I've continued to pray about it. If God opens the door and things can work out where I'm able to be away from my work, uh, I'll be there. Now what I wasn't trying to do, I wasn't trying to force God and test God in any way, but what I was wanting to do, beloved, would be make sure that it was God's total will. About a week before this revival meeting of four days was supposed to start, this nervous pastor called me from this Sarasota church and said, do you have an answer yet? I told him I did not. He said, well, I don't want to offend you, but I want you to know that I've already asked someone else to come, that says he has no problem and he has an open schedule to come. So if you would, can we take a rain check to another year? I told him I would. 
And that was okay because I still had not heard from God. And I said, when I hear from the Lord, and I'm sure that the Lord is in it, I said, I'll promise you I'll be the first one with a tank of gas heading to Sarasota, Florida. But at that point, I had not heard from God. The day of the revival beginning, Sunday morning, I got up early as I normally do to pray. One of the greatest burdens on my heart that day to pray for was that revival. I already knew that the pastor had already obtained another minister to share the Word of God for that revival. So I was very comfortable in knowing that the Word would be preached. Some 3 to 4 a.m., as I continued to pray that Sunday morning, I felt uneasy. I felt like for sure that there was something that God wanted me to do that I had not done. 5 a.m., I waited. I contacted the pastor down at the church in Sarasota, Florida, and I asked him, could I have prayer with him? I woke him up, and I prayed with him on the telephone, and as I prayed, he began to weep. And when I finished praying with this man, I asked him why was his heart so heavy. And he told me that many, if not most, of the people that were planning to come had changed their mind. He said, I don't have a count of about 35 to 50 people that are now coming. Can I share with him what I share with you tonight? God always places in the presence of the Holy Spirit the ones that God chooses to be there. I think sometimes we try to guess what will happen before we walk into our church buildings. Maybe we try to guess what will happen when we sing a special song. Maybe we wonder what will happen whenever we find that the Holy Spirit is right where we need Him to be as we stand to the pulpit. But verse 10 says it so clearly to me. Who hath formed a God or a molten, a graven image that is profitable for nothing? Who hath formed a God or a molten, a graven image that is profitable for nothing? And there's a question mark behind that word nothing. I share with you about my things, the boxes upon boxes upon boxes that I have at home that contain all my earthly things. All of you in here tonight, you have earthly things. You have things that you keep in a box in a special place. These things are very important to you, just as mine are or have been at some point in my life important to me. Sometimes we wonder when we really, really, really need to hear from God. God, where are you? God, I need you. We may cry out and pray for God to show His presence in our life. The whole time we're surrounded by our things. You see, there's some of us that are guilty as charged. But so many times we are surrounded by the things in our lives, we find that there's very little room for God. How different would our life and your life be if one day after sorting through all these possessions that we have in this world, and you know your hours and your days of life are drawing to an end, and there's one box that doesn't have anything at all written on the outside of it, you pick it up and it feels very light. And you... Take it and hold it, and you shake it, and there's nothing that rattles. It's taped up, 
It's probably one of the newest looking boxes, the less damaged of the boxes, because you see, it's a box that's been back in the corner and has never been relocated in many years. And then one day, you find it, and you open it, and you find God. I want that to be a illustration that will speak to your heart, because every one of us, every one of us in this world today, beloved, have taken some time in our life to put things in front of God. And the love of God we've sometimes taken and moved over and placed on a back burner and said, Lord, I'll be with you when I find that I have the time. I shared a few moments ago and alluded to the fact that we all need to be in prayerful service well before the time of worship, before the time the choir sings, before the organ and the piano plays, well before the preacher preaches, well before the hymns are sung. You see, every one of you that tonight have prayed and sought God tonight for a message in this place have received what God has desired to give you. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I believe I have shared what you placed on my heart. Lord, I did not come tonight with any eloquency of speech, no special words, no sermons with bullets or points. But God, I come tonight for one purpose, just to exalt you and to awaken our eyes and our hearts and our spirits, God, to a living and a righteous God. Lord, there's not a one in this room tonight that I don't love. For Christ, you share with us that we can love because God has loved us first. Lord, just as the prophet Isaiah has spoke and has penned these words, I would pray, God, that you would take these words and allow them to penetrate into our hearts. Father God, I don't know who this message tonight was for. Maybe just me. But God, I know that I know that I know that You are our Lord. Lord, I would pray a very special prayer tonight for anyone who has heard this Word tonight that has been entangled in the world of materialism, God, that this world is so rapid with each day. Lord God, I know to some it's money. Lord, I know to some it's things. Lord, surely we build bigger barns to hold our many things. Lord, sometimes we have no place to even walk without tripping over these things of this world. Father, I would pray tonight if it be Your will that You would speak to every heart and every life and every mind here this day. For one purpose and one reason, God, we come to allow Your truth, God, to be shared. In the name above all names, we come and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week 
for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.